CuntCast podcast is rated not safe for work. Urban Dictionary describes it as internet content generally inappropriate for the typical workplace, i.e. would not be acceptable in the presence of your boss and colleagues. All of these definitions apply. As a result, we will provide you with 15 seconds of pleasant, non-offensive music for you to advance to the next program, acquire headphones, or lock all available doors and windows for a proper sensual cunt cast experience. Please, be safe out there and enjoy the program. my fellow sexual subjects you're listening to a broadcast of the cuntcast podcast a conversation with a classically characterized cunt carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation and i am your host the the cunt you know the one that i mentioned previously miss najayla and i'm joined as always with my partner in crime, Mr. Aaron Rand Freeman. Hello, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. I uh, came back, got back this week from Seattle. I uh, visited Seattle. Which looked fun and amazing because it was not New York. So everything looks fun and amazing to me. Seattle, <laughs> is, a, Seattle is the closest thing to a New York City I had ever encountered. Um it's got the people who don't talk to you, but it's got a weird mix. So it's got people who won't look at you and won't talk to you, which is New York. But it's also got people who will stare at you but not say anything, which is very, as a New Yorker, I want to hit those people with a golf club immediately for staring at me. Like In the Oakland, people stare, but then they have something to say. People be like, hey, brother, you got a dollar? Hey, brother, how long you been growing? Hey, brother, where's the bar from here? Hey, brother. Go Warriors, right? And I'm like, yeah, see, that's what I mean. You can stare at me as long as you come at me with a, a topic. But in Seattle, the people stare and they just eyeball you like NPCs that you can interact with. <laughs> and in a video game where you just walk by them and their heads crane after you. And if you look at them, they look at you and then you go, hey, what's going on? And they just don't say anything. Some of them will look down and I'm just like, guys, this cannot persist. I'm going to beat all of you with a crowbar. I'm from New York. You can't just eyeball me as I go by. I see you. I'm looking back at you. I'm acknowledging you. Please stop staring at me without a topic. But otherwise, it was fun. It was delightful. I um, hung out with Elise Bacon and the, uh, yeah, and the voice of Unreasonable Fridays, Eric Collins. Very nice. Very nice weekend. Delightful. I feel like that would be such a good like dichotomy of personalities to hang out with. Yes. That was exactly it. Yes. That, that is exactly it. Because it was hanging out with Bacon and uh, Erica is a straight is the is the straight woman. So yes, that was the the opposite opposite hang out with two opposite people. Yes, it was delightful. 
Fortunately, Bacon has a way with grumpy people. So being two, being two grumpy people hanging out with Bacon was delightful. Bacon enjoys grumpy people. Bacon's good with grumpy Bacon people. Bacon is a grump whisperer because, like, my dad loves them. Right. <laughs> he hates everything that isn't his mom or my mom. Right. Every every grump loves Elise Bacon. This is a com. This is com. I, I do. All of my grumpy friends do, and Bacon loves you. Bacon loves grumps. So there's just a, it's a very beautiful relationship. So yes, it makes perfect. It was very fun. It was exactly what you would have thought. It was fantastic. Seattle people need to stop staring at me though. And I come back, keep staring at me. I'm gonna cave your skulls in, guys. Stop staring at me. Thank you. I am so oblivious to people staring at me that i think it's become a problem well you're a lady you can't you get stared at all the time inappropriately if you started reacting to that shit you'd be out there like wonder woman cutting through world war ii be fighting just people would be bouncing you'd be bouncing people off the walls and putting people out windows all day and that would become your full-time job you'd have to start a patreon for fucking niggas up everywhere (laughs) you go so yeah i get it It's it's a distinctly man problem it's a distinctly it's it's a it's a it's my cishet dude problem. Just don't stare at me. I'm not don't be staring at me all the time. But you can stare at it all the time. You can't respond to it, which is why you don't leave the house, which I respect. Leaving the house is trash. It is. That's where all the stupid people are. Not like people that are stupid, just like humanity is stupid. Right. Humanity is utter nonsense. And proving themselves to be so every day. Every, every day every day i feel like i'm like a recovering grump like i'm finding that i can deal with people more again um at my vanilla job like i'm joining groups and activity things things Mm. that i would have definitely hated um of course that led to um somebody figuring out you know who i am really (laughs) at my vanilla job yeah uh because we have this like um like diversity inclusion um you know like especially the initiative where people get together try to help the company become more inclusive right. and diverse right which is great i'm very happy that it exists because like my last company i was always trying to cover my butt because i felt like everybody was staring at it that was the only time i did feel like people were staring at it right uh it was just a lot of negro and it was a very white space and uh, the one before that they were just straight up racist and sexist and homophobic and transphobic right. every if you could be they were right um so i joined that and they just so happened to link to feminista jones twitter uh, which i'm like okay that's weird but uh i'm really oh i'll like you know tell them to go buy her book because that's a thing that you do when you know people mm-hmm. and they somebody was like wait a minute your friends with her and I'm like yeah I am and I guess like they never really like looked at my picture like I know in a corporate environment that I'm kind of like a plant where it's like it's pleasant that I'm there but nobody's really paying that much attention to it Mm. I'm not making waves (laughs) But so I guess this person never really looked at my picture and um, they were like, oh, my God, I know who you are. And I'm like, yeah, 
So this is the company Skype. So let's, uh, you know, keep that off that so I can continue to work here. Well, what was their response? Uh, what did they do now? What, they what? just sent me like winky faces. Are they, um, are they, are they listening to the show? Apparently. So hi, coworker. I don't know what um, office they're in because my vanilla job has multiple offices. But uh, luckily, they're not in mine because that would have been hella awkward if they just like popped up the cubicle bank. Be like, I know you. Well, um, if this is the case, um, you um, gently broach the topic with Angela. Please, please don't shout at her from across the hall or the cubicle or the break room or the hallway or the bus stop or the train station. Just, just, just gently, gently, uh, just gently acknowledge that you understand that she's an internet celebrity of import and you like the show. Please. I'm not an internet celebrity. I, I was in a cubicle for eight hours. I'm not famous in any way, shape or form. Well, that doesn't make you unfamous. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of the internet is that you can be famous without having really anything to show for it. Like me, at one point I was an H-list celebrity making negative $7,000 a year. <laughs> so yes, you can definitely be famous. People were happy to see me. And I was still being inexplicably hit with all types of tax bills for reasons we won't get into, but it can happen. You can definitely- fame definitely um is worthless oh yeah if the fire festival has taught us anything yes i've watched both of those documentaries by the way and um i don't, I don't know I, I don't see how so many people let that happen I but in the same way i kind of totally know how so many people let that happen white people i'll say this because it's you if you're white and you're listening white people are unable to detect danger if it is a smiling white face, they cannot detect danger. If the white face is smiling, then those then white people will glean all the information that they need about this person from their smiling face. So if a person keeps going, we can do it and smiling, they become motivational and always optimistic. And if they do it for long enough, then they gain the adjective strong. And if they make other people and if they tell other people and convince them, then they become motivational. That idiot, Billy McFuckface, was a smiling buffoon every frame he was in those doc. Every single picture of that man. He is a he looked sm confused. He looked confused and like over his head. Every and moment he is alive. There is not a Google image Billy McFuckface right now. You will not see a single image that does not look like he's in over his head. Every single picture. He was born in over his head. He will die in over his head. But he's smiling and he's white and he thinks we can do this thing. So he's A-OK -okay to every white person around him. Guys, you should be ashamed of yourselves for your inability to detect danger. But I guarantee you, if I put on a suit and drive a Benz around at mile 10, I'll be pulled over by a police helicopter. Because the helicopter will literally land in front of the car and train missiles on me. And because I have a New York ID in California, 
and I'll spend the night in prison while they sort that out. And there's some white man smiling, just smiling at other white people who are marveling at his optimism and spiritual strength. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Shame. We got the other, what's that other, the kid from racist Hogwarts that stared down the Indian fellow on fucking, run, doing, the, doing, the, doing the media tour? Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's... Yeah. And I just don't understand because, like, the longer video makes them worse. Every, the entire school is full of white racist kids. It would have been better had they let that kid take his L than forcing the internet to go looking into the school and finding out all the shit that all those little bastards have done. Because we must defend smiling white faces. The younger, the more we defend them because we mustn't ruin their potential to, for some reason, to, to uh, escape racism without any help from any white person around them. So they're supposed to, the potential to be better without anyone telling them anything about themselves. For years, they're just gonna get better. They're gonna listen. They're racist now, but they'll be unracist through the power of photosynthesis. Just enough sunlight will translate into tolerance and understanding and empathy over time. He just needs more sun. The worst part is those kids were uh, there to to protest, you know, women having autonomy over their bodies, uh, and they were just harassing women. Right. And everybody's like, but they were black Muslims, which are like, okay, those people weren't even black Muslims. Like, you're so friggin' intolerant that you can't even tell, like, one of the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, Hebrew is like, whatever um, they call black themselves. Israelites. Yeah, black Israelites from uh, just a black Muslim, which, you know, is just a black person who happens to be Muslim. Yes. Uh, no special look, really. Uh, and also that Native American elder like saved their goddamn lives <laughs> and they were jeering and right. I just right but he has potential and his smile is so nice and listen he is such a positive force and listen he's the most positive motivational kid I've ever known and if we let this stick this could ruin his life White people don't get their lives ruined, guys. You guys are infinitely fine all the time. Until the missile hits you, you are fine up until that point. And if you get hit with a missile, your family can pop open a GoFundMe and make an upwards of $200,000 for you getting hit with a missile. So again, you're fine. You've left more you by hitting by getting hit with a missile becoming two smoking shoes like a Looney Tune. You've now provided for your family for the next 100 years. Just saying. That's extra fine. Extra fine. Extra fine. Yeah. I didn't realize the apocalypse was just going to be so long and drawn out. That's all I'm saying. It's no. like, I'm just like, can we hurry this up? Because it is insufferable. And everything just seems so terrible so fast. The apocalypse is like someone who keeps trying to push a par push a shopping cart outside of the electric boundaries of the parking lot. You ever see when they auto lock? That's the apocalypse. Yeah. Just looking at white people just pushing this cart down the sidewalk instead of us carrying groceries, using another shopping cart, getting in a lift, getting on bicycles, 
getting on anything. They're just like, no, we're going to push this shopping cart. It's fine. It's like, no, the wheel's locked. It's fine, you nigger. <laughs> it's fine. I'm calling the police. It's no, but the... So yes, that's the apocalypse. Slowly pushing this limping cart off a cliff as slow as possible, looking at a lead, the person making all the incorrect decisions while we wait until our inevitable end because we don't listen to anyone but that person who decided to push the shopping cart out of the parking lot. They're the only reliable source of information and leadership. Yeah, it's very hard to try to like rebuild your sexual self when all you want when you close your eyes is the heat death of the universe. Right. It's so terrible. This is why I'd say I don't, I do not blame anyone for a, I don't blame anyone for having a damaged libido because I don't think it's damaged. I think your libido has now reached max level. So now you're like, you're, you're like, man, all right. So do I want to fuck more than I want the planet to start over? Yes. Get it. Maybe I'll come back as a butterfly, maybe like a pheasant, uh, maybe a weasel, like something, anything, an otter, anything, please start this over. And that's reasonable. There's nothing wrong with your libido. I would love to come back as a cute otter. And then right. you can just hold hands and chill in water. Right. Just floating around doing the backstroke all day. Just chilling. You have those little fluffy cheeks. Have you ever seen an otter close up? It's the cutest thing. Yes, they're adorable. They are the most adorable thing. It's like one of the few things that like will actually bring me joy. Right. There's no shame. I'm just saying there's no shame. And Listeners. Red pandas. Oh, red pandas, yes. So good. And uh those those capybaras. Oh yeah, they're cute. Yeah. So if you again, if you feel like you are your sex drive is damaged because you don't understand the world around you as it plummets into the abyss. That's fine. It's normal for you to not want to fuck while the world around you falls into the abyss. It's fine. Especially if you do not know anyone, you have to, you have to, you have to salvage this. You have to suss out and salvage this stranger across from you to then fuck them. It's a lot of work. And not only is it a lot of work, but like there's no such thing as familiar dick anymore. Mm -hmm. like, even people that I, I I could have been banging on and off for years, like I I need to know things now. <laughs> I need to know where you stand. I need mm -hmm. to know how you voted. I need to know if you voted. Uh, like I just I can't I can't just do what I used to do, or it's like mind off, pussy wet. No, right. It all comes together, which I think is growth. I think that's right. me being adult. It's a very good place uh, to be. You know, more cohesive uh human being that's functioning like whole right uh, but it also means i don't orgasm as much which <laughs> i kind of always thought was my fountain of youth so i think i'm gonna like rapidly start aging and just like decay and fall apart <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd be surprised you're, you'll be you'll be okay oh, a friend of mine found out that someone she had been having sex with for about two or three years is um not anti-r kelly Oh. Right. Yeah, I got the, I got a phone call like eleven, eleven Pacific, which is like two Eastern time. About my own pussy and throw it against the wall. Right, and she was just like, Ugh! I guess she's had sex with him about at least one hundred and fifty, two hundred times, and it's just like you can't you can't run that back, and that's a, that, and that's what I mean. You find that stuff out, and you find it out after the fact, you know. Yeah, like you can't unfuck people, you can't unsuck that dick or uneat that pussy. So right, so it's now hard. I actually want to know 
more about somebody right before i do that uh not to like deepen my connection with them just to make sure they don't have shit politics right because <laughs> you know good politics lubricate my pussy and bad ones just sandy like a desert beach totally makes yeah. sense <sighs> but we're going on so many tangents <laughs> uh before we get into our kink of the week, uh, I wanted to say a special thank you to my Stevia and Splenda daddies over on Patreon, uh, Michael for the Third and David Grassy McDaniels. David, who's actually been joining me on my Twitch streams, which I've been doing almost nightly. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at, well, not at, Twitch TV. Well, twitch.tv slash Blasian Bitch, bitch with a Y. Uh, and you could see me uh, stream my Sims and stuff. Hmm. Having a time in my life. Um, I do have to say, I, for the first time, am playing a Sims game, and I have not downloaded any sex mods. Wait, what? I have no sex mods in my my Sims 4. What are the feds watching you or something? I just for the first time I was like I had it and I could have downloaded it and I was just like eh, I don't really need this. It, oh. It's just yeah I just like I don't even have the nudity patch. I'm just like meh. Oh, so you're just playing vanilla ass Sims? I mean like I had okay I had one mod that I did download <laughs> Uh, which is like the MCC control center, whatever the heck they call it. Uh, but it led to family tragedy and me realizing that my Sim was the villain of my like <laughs> Sim story. <laughs> it makes sense. See, uh, in preparation for a stream, somebody wanted me, they have like challenges and stuff that the Sims community does. Right. So one of them is like you make a house that is a crack ship, which if you're not into like fandom culture or whatever, a ship is when you decide that one uh, either fictional character or celebrity should be in a relationship with another uh, fictional character or celebrity. So I was going to do a crack ship that I had named panic at the Cisco word going down, which was going to be Brandon Yuri from Panic at the Disco, Cisco from Drew Hill, and uh. Pete from Fallout Boy, and it was going to be a race to the bottom, well, to see who would be the bottom and who would get it on with who first. But uh, I put them in the same neighborhood as my, like, legacy sim house, which in, you know, non-simmer language your legacy sim house is like the one where you make you and mm -hmm. then you have a family and then you play that family like in its continuation so you let yourself grow old and die and then you just play like your kids and your kids kids and you like see your generations so i downloaded this mod and i was like playing around with it didn't realize that uh i left it calibrated in such a way that the sims now could choose to woohoo and have babies 
<laughs> without my say so, um, which I am not a control freak in any way, shape, or form. But apparently, when it comes to my Sims, I want total power and control. <laughs> because I was raising my perfect Sim daughter who I made a perfect Sim, like actually made like four potential perfect Sim boyfriends slash future husbands for her. Mm -hmm. uh, so in my mind, she was a like world-class violinist. So she was going to then go and fall in love with a guy who played the cello or maybe the bass. They would have two beautiful chocolate babies and they would also play string instruments and they would be a cute, adorable string quintet. That's and it beautiful. Be so cute. Uh, so I gave, I, I spared nothing, gave this kid everything she wanted. She had all the good toys all the, the the sim luxuries that you could want, expensive computers, but no, she didn't want to live my dream. She wanted to fuck the dude from Panic at the Disco. Brandon Yuri. Yes. Uh, so she was a teenager. So when you're a teen in the game, you cannot. They have like anti R Kelly programming. So teenagers cannot have any type of romantic relationship with adults thank god yeah so i put all her potential husbands in one house and uh because brendan yuri and cisco and pete wentz there's a lot of like rockiness in that household so brendan yuri got along with everybody uh but pete wentz and cisco hate each other so i had to separate them and I, I put him in that house. So I would let her like talk to those kids because I wanted her to go like fall in love. Um, so I would just tell her to like, oh, go socialize with them. Unbeknownst to me, because I put Pete Wentz in that house. Uh, and yes, his, his little sim that I made is wearing Ugg boots because I still find that funny. Uh, he was bringing the Brandon Yuri sim to that house where she was hanging out with him and they somehow became best friends under my nose because I wasn't really paying attention. I really just wanted her to practice her violin so she could be perfect and her piano. And uh, I had a birthday party for her so she could age up into a young adult. And uh, as, as soon as I aged her up, she was pregnant in like nine hours. <laughs> so... She was being groomed by Brandon Yuri. Yeah, and... it was actually kind of creepy because I like look back at some of like the photos because the game like takes photos for you. And I noticed at her birthday party, we didn't invite him because my sim like uh just hates him, just hates everything right. about him. Right. Um, and uh so he and he's he was like an adult sim, and she just became a young young adult, so they should not have been like doing anything romantic but apparently in the new sims 4 which i didn't notice because i was just telling her to like practice violin and be accomplished and get straight a's uh that i was supposed to give her the sex talk and i didn't do that <laughs> she immediately like the first time a guy gave her any attention she was like i clearly love you and i'm gonna let you fuck me in this closet uh didn't know about not having babies so she immediately got pregnant and uh i went back into my game and she's throwing up but i'm like get the fuck out of my house so your sim 
throughout your your or your sim daughter because she got knocked up by Brandon Yuri of Panic at the Disco because you did not have the proper talk about sexual activity while she was a youngin. Yes, because I downloaded a mod that gave them way too much autonomy over their own decisions. So, yeah. Um, I'm deeply sorry. Um, I think that that is karma because there is a lot of Brandon Yuri shade on this program. And it's only uh, fair. I was trying to keep it to a minimum because the fangirls are creepy and I don't even know how they find this show because we don't tag his name and anything. But, uh, I mean, I was nice about him for such a long time, mostly just not mentioning him. Uh, though, I Friday, I did get to see Panic at the Disco again. Awesome show. Uh, very upset, though, because A, the audience was full of children, which made me feel old and too tall. And B, uh, he talked more this show, which is the opposite of what I want. And three, the, the third thing was the goddamn piano flew over my head again. Right. That's probably what got your sim daughter. The fact that he not only does he play piano, but he plays a flying one, which would get any woman who has never taught how sex works classically by their mother. So, yes, it makes perfect sense. All of this makes perfect sense. Yeah. Though, I have to say, since it was my legacy house, I've been still playing that house. I, I'm, they got married because he actually turned out to like her, not just screw her like everybody else in the neighborhood. He, like, screwed, like, eight other sims. But my daughter's the one he really wanted to stick with, of course. Uh, so I didn't kill him. So they got married. They have three kids now. Oh my God. Because uh, apparently Sim, Brandon Yuri's pullout game is weak. Uh, with, so. a little, with those little arms. <laughs> I'm just saying, you can't get that lift off. You can't get that lift in the critical moments. It's like, you know, you're kind of in there and you're just kind of waving your arms around. You're like, no, I don't want but you can't really pull out because you can't get any of t-rex arm and yuri having sex unprotected sex and being unable to pull out because he is um his little bitty arms it's my angelic sim daughter who was so adorable when she was a kid i'm deeply sorry for your loss man grew up to be to apparently i could give her everything she needed but i didn't know the one thing she really needed was emo dick who'd have guessed <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the concert regardless of my resentment of uh, Brendan Urie Sim. Uh, <laughs> though uh, I have new resentment to all the new young Panic at the Disco fans. What did they do? So uh, the opening act was uh, a guy named Two Foot, which I actually really enjoyed. Uh, it was a white guy playing the guitar who did a cover of When a Man Loves a Woman and I Didn't Hate It. So oh, sure. yeah, good on him. Um, he also looked like very like sincerely overwhelmed by everybody really liking his music. So I felt very like, oh, yay, good for you. Oh, that's very beautiful. I followed him on Twitter. Um, but uh, so I was making like pleasant talk with the people around me. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the there was a little girl, I guess she was with like her older sister and some friends. 
Um, I didn't really see how little she was because, you know, it's kind of dark. And she's asking me questions and I'm just answering because she's bored. I'm bored. Uh, so she asked, oh, when did you start liking Panic at the Disco? And I was like, well, I guess since they were Panic at the Disco, they used to be a Blink-182 cover band. And she's like, what the, who's Blink-182? So dagger in my heart. Um, so then I just, I was trying to explain like pop punk to her and she's just eyes blank, just not recognizing anything. And then she's like, oh, when did their first album came come out? And I said, oh, it came out in 2005. And she goes, oh, that's the year I was born. I was talking to an infant. I mean, this is what happens. And I was like, how? first I was like, how are you even allowed in here? But I guess. I mean, you know. I mean, they're not slinging drinks. They're not slinging drinks and dry humping on the stage. It's pretty kid friendly panic at the disco. They are not kid friendly. The first word of the concert is fuck. Um, kid friendly the this goal posts for kid friendly have slid way far back so it still could be kid friendly oh, no. even if he's talking as long as I mean yeah thank you. there's a long leash for that but yes go on please and uh you know what the sad part is 2005 I just did the math in my head she's like 14 years old that's actually not that any, like bad that is uh it's kind of when I started liking music and like being serious about it too. So, yeah. uh, but I luckily stopped myself from saying that I was a freshman in college when this band came out. So she wouldn't see like, I'm talking to the elderly. Uh, so I just kind of looked at her, felt very geriatric and then tried to enjoy my show though. I, felt really bad because it's clear that like her older sister is the one who's into the band and she was just like there for the ride so they have like a lot of songs um one refrain is just champagne cocaine gasoline uh, it's just about getting high so the little girl's like does, does he do drugs and i was gonna go no of course he doesn't do drugs drugs are bad stay in school uh <laughs> And then her sister's like, probably, he's probably coked out of his mind right now. And while she's not wrong, I wouldn't have told her sister that because she's young and impressionable. 14 years old ain't the same quantity. I'm certain that if you don't answer her honestly, she's going to go online and ask the same question to our machine overlords and get a really honest answer because the machine overlords don't give a fuck about how old you are. They ask you loosely if you're a robot. They ask you loosely what year you're born. You can lie about both and off you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Madison Square Garden show was great because I got to be surrounded by people who didn't make me feel geriatric. I got to be the young person <laughs> I was next to a grouchy dad who didn't want to be there. Uh, of course, I also didn't almost beat somebody's ass. So I guess that's an improvement. Right. Uh, but uh, other than, uh, you know, having my life flash before my eyes yet again because some asshat decided that he needs to fly over my head with goddamn piano, which I don't think it's an irrational fear no, to fear a piano landing on your head, uh, especially when there's a guy on a very rickety, shaky plant well, thing. You, well, you don't trust Brandon Urie. And I think that's the thing. I, I don't think you trust Brandon Urie. 
to pilot his flying piano in a safe manner. And frankly, I don't think you have a lot of faith in Brandon Yuri to do several things. You've lost all faith in Brandon Yuri. I mean, I didn't start with a lot. Right. I mean, he just needs to sing the songs. That is all I wanted. I enjoyed the the first performance just because there was no he just he didn't say anything. He just sang. He popped up from the stage, did a backflip, and then left. And I was so into it. This time he was like more talky, and I was just like, please stop talking. So much cringe. At one point, he stops the show to tell us how much he appreciates us. And um, so he uses the word hubris not exactly correctly. Uh, then, like, tells the crowd that hubris is in fact a real word and then tells us to look it up and I don't think I've rolled my eyes harder <laughs> I can't remember rolling my eyes harder and I tried to like hide the look of disgust on my face because like oh god yes we've all read the odyssey in eighth grade you ass hat uh but then he sang uh the bohemian rhapsody song so I'm like eh, okay okay Right. As, long as, as long as you're singing. Uh, he also had like some weird thing where he was talking about how, um, you know, it's so amazing that we're all here because we were once sperm, which is like, that's not how that works, but whatever. Uh, but he just like started talking about like how you had to fight all the other sperm and then go up your dad's dick. And for some reason uh, was just going on about the length of our possible dad's penises. It was weird. It was awkward. And I wanted it to stop. It was so cringy. And he's doing this like shirtless with his little weird arms and his weird little nipples. That was just <laughs> You know, you know, as a sperm with his little spermy arms, two massive NBA quality sperm killed each other and he swam in between both of them. Like they both injured each other <laughs> and he swam between the both of them to freedom. And that was what happened. And let us never forget those two potential basketball players, football players, ba baseball players that didn't make it. So that Brandon Urie may have <laughs> his little arms play a flying piano and terrify yeah. black women forever. Well, God bless him because Death of a Bachelor is still a bop. And they sang songs. They added some songs this time. Most of them are from the new album, which had to grow on me. I didn't instantly like it as much as the last albums, but uh, you know, I give it a listen on my commute. So I, all in all, I was pretty happy. Um, though I couldn't help but think about this my sim game as I stared at him, and and be somewhat resentful. I mean, that... you should be entirely resentful. I mean, but... he he essentially did the same thing. He did the same thing that works on you to your sim daughter. Where the fact is, uh, he's a terrible person, but he sings nice, so it's fine. He did that to your impressionable young sim daughter and took full advantage of her. And now she's full of babies and um, not, not playing piano professionally like you would have hoped when you created her. Yes. So, yes. Uh, his name Dream for the one that she deferred. <laughs> Ma'am. By, you know losing her identity to, to motherhood because she just stays home can't keep a job just stays home with babies every time she loses a job she doesn't have the baby they have three kids and she's pregnant again so you sound legit dis you have sound <laughs> legit disappointed by the way 
just wanted to point that out that you actually sound extremely disappointed in your sim daughter for her poor sim decisions. You do. I mean, I tried not to be, but I did like already start playing and saying this is like my legacy house that like to follow the rules, I have to go along with it. Uh, and because I'm a stickler for them, I'm going to. I'm just, I like made a Basquiat sim and that she could have picked him. Uh, you know, just there was just a lot of good choices. I think Cisco, I, I would have taken Cisco, which is. I'm deeply sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to get uh, the VIP package, which I didn't realize I was getting when I got the tickets for Panic. Um, and I got to say, like, concert merch is pretty bullshit. <laughs> How so? Because they're like, oh, you're going to get like a... a, a screen printed poster which was just something that was printed on paper right um which is useless a a water bottle which was also pretty cheap a journal which only has like 80 pages in it and um a duffel bag which can hold nothing it's not even a good hoe bag doesn't have enough compartments I mean, luckily, I got my ticket dirt cheap because I got it like the day it went on sale. Um, but then I was super pissed because I couldn't flip it. That was kind of the plan to flip that ticket. Like right before the show, the two seats beside me, which I didn't want to tell these girls who were in the seats beside me, because uh, I know they bought them at like almost a thousand dollars and I paid uh, less than a tenth of that. Uh, but I couldn't resell my ticket. And uh, I could have made a grand, yeah. but I couldn't because I got a duffel bag. I mean, can you sell the duffel bag? I don't think anybody's going to want it. Maybe if it was like signed or something, but it's not. You might want to give it away. Like, I mean, just, just to get it out of your house, it sounds like it's bad energy. Because <laughs> they're like, I mean, I will fondly think back at my time. I do think that this show was better because i didn't make awkward eye contact with brendan yuri this time <laughs> and you've won you've won the war i felt really good because at, i didn't realize the piano was gonna fly over me and then once it started getting close i like legit had like a panic attack <laughs> so i kind of just like crumpled into my seat and just like put my head in my lap and the nice usher lady who was sitting next to me who i bonded with because i couldn't speak to the goddamn children that was sitting next to me who disgusted me with their youth and vitality <laughs> uh, i was talking to her and telling her about the band because she she didn't know who the hell they were so i felt like ooh, i'm gonna teach you things and she was cute but uh she was like are you okay she had to like hold my hand and i was like shaking because i was like i don't like what's happening and I was just like, pianos are scary. That's all I could say, which makes me look like a crazy person. But I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. No, 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 no. That's no. A flying piano on a rickety device piloted by someone you don't trust. It's a flying, it's a flying death trap. You don't want a piano to fall on you. That's a fair concern. I don't want this piano to fall on me. Like, not I've had a fear of pianos killing me since 
my parents made the very poor decision to take me to see who, who framed Roger Rabbit way before I should have been able to see a movie like that was that violent. Uh, so lifelong terror. And this is as close as I felt like it was a possibility. So I'm not going to be ashamed that I was just flushed with terror because uh, it was very rickety and he wouldn't sit down. He was like looking at people and like, it was just, it just looked like it was going to break. So uh, I just completely like had my head like covered, just looking down, just like, I guess I figured if it hits me, like maybe there's taller people and I won't be as completely squished or whatever. But uh, I, I think that made it a lot better because I didn't have that just horrible embarrassment of doing finger guns to uh, Brendan Urie, <laughs> which is you, you don't live down that shame. It's it sticks with you. It stays with you. It's a I'm, I'm feeling residual shame having remembered that I I did that. Because like when you're dorky to somebody that you find dorky, it's like compound embarrassment and just cringe. It, I, I figure it's, it was like musical ecstasy and cringe. That because, was because you found out you were not cooler than Brandon Yuri. When it came down to it, you were just oh, I'm exponentially lamer, and that is sad. Uh, sad realization. Um, but also, I, I just like it, it's weird to be in a room full of people who are just like so enthralled by somebody's physicality that just doesn't do it for you. And you kind of feel like, I felt like there was weird social pressure to be like, I guess I like this. And I'm like, no, no, you don't. You don't like this at all. Just stop. <laughs> There's nothing about this that appeals to you. <laughs> just close your eyes and enjoy the music. And I actually ended up sitting for a, a lot more of the concert that I wanted to because everybody was so goddamn young. They were so little. So the person behind me was like, I can't see anything. And I felt bad. So I sat down so that she could see. I mean, she's I young. Team. I mean, not like sucking dick for Avion water, but like I sat down during a concert. <laughs> Which, you know, samesies. <laughs> but uh, I felt it was pretty good. And uh, it was in Newark. So I felt it was very... It was like the culmination of my appreciation for the band because I went, I was a freshman in uh, Rockers, Newark when I found out about them and I got to go back to my old stomping grounds. I stopped by, well, I didn't stop. I drove past my <laughs> old campus because that's how you get to Prudential Center. And uh, I was like, oh, this is like, I don't know, wistful maybe? Uh, it was a historically relevant moment. It was historically right. relevant. How'd it feel? Uh, uh, like I said, it just made me feel real, real old. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, I haven't been here in 10 years. That's how long it's been since I graduated. Yeah. I graduated college 10 years ago. That is something I... I like, it's so... Uh, I mean, it's kind of wonderful to look at all the different identities that you'll have over your lifetime. Like, 
I was a college student. That's who I was. That was such a big part of my identity. And uh, now I like look at my campus like this thing is really small <laughs> and crappy. <laughs> Why was I so enthused about this? And uh, uh, I just felt like I'm so glad I don't live here anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm very happy there was no meet and greet with the band. That would have been awkward. What? I because I I just don't I don't know why I just don't want to meet famous people anymore because they're they're just terrible it's not that they're terrible I just feel like I don't like 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 it's hard enough to like not be able to just fuck willy-nilly like I can't even enjoy somebody's artistic output unless they're a good person so I feel like if I just don't engage with celebrity them as much as people do now then maybe i won't have to give up all the stuff i like if that makes sense like why would i follow brendan yuri on like twitter or twitch if he's gonna say dumb shit that's gonna make me hate him and then not enjoy like six studio albums that i think are perfect real talk yeah i feel you i feel you i remember i had seen a headline that said that uh, the Maynard James Keenan, the lead singer from Tool, had said something during a Tool concert about Trump about two years ago. And I never clicked the article. I don't know if he said Trump sucks. I don't know. whether It sounded like he was saying something along the lines of we're to blame for Trump, which is true, but I didn't want to hear the rest of it from a rich white man. So I um, then unfollowed Tool and him on Twitter and realized that it's critically important that I never understand the inner workings of his mind. Knowing about his vineyard via that documentary is more than enough. Wait, uh, the guy who, the yeah. front man of Tool has a vineyard? Yeah, several vineyards, yeah. He's a winery guy. He's a wine guy now, a vineyard owner. I think he owns like three or four, like something like I think two in California, like one in Arizona or something like that. He's a vineyard guy. Yeah, Wine I could have worked out knowing that. Right, but more importantly, um, it's important that I don't find out um, any of his opinions about anything, lest I have to un, lest I have to unlike Tool, which has governed a huge chunk of my life, and I still respect them as one of the three best bands I've ever heard. I don't want to have to delete their catalog, and since they're not so present, one of the benefits of being black, the news I follow is black. So while Kanye West shoots him in the foot, if the Tool the band shoots themselves in the foot, I won't hear about it unless I go looking for it, which I'm not. Thank you. Yes, which is why I'm a little mad at Google (laughs) because I have a Samsung Galaxy Note and it just decides, like it reads my email and then decides what news stories I want to see. And now it's giving me news about Panic at the Disco and Brandon Urie. And I'm like, no, I I went to their concert, which is why they're in my emails or whatever. But like, stop telling me about him. I don't want to (laughs) know. don't want to know it's nice when they're like oh you seem to download way more sims stuff than than normal so i guess you like hearing about the sims 4 here's a list of cheats for the sims 4 that's handy and i would say thank you google but like everything else like run that by me like when it's people like it kept on trying to give me news about trump and i'm like i don't need it to go directly to my home screen (laughs) i'm actively trying to avoid it on twitter and Facebook, and every other place. Though, weirdly enough, I had to 
manually type in sex worker rights as a Google alert. And that shit still doesn't work. But, you know, they know to tell me that Fashion Nova's having a sale. Annoying. Very annoying. You know, we're almost an hour in and we haven't even gotten to the goddamn fetish of the day of the week. Not at all. I mean, there. So, I mean, understanding the fact that your your relationship with Brandon Urie has become don't have a did, relationship. Don't say that. <laughs> it, 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 the moment you made him and allowed him to possibly become a permanent digital fixture of your digital created sim family, you then began the next stage of your relationship with Brandon Urie, which is trying. I don't like to, that phrase. Right. And I didn't put him in my game thinking that he was going to r kelly my little daughter right and that's the thing is we you you're you don't brandon yuri seems to be terrible and you're just kind of hoping that he won't be terrible that's what i'm saying it's like a digital representation of your entire issue of your tire knowing you're just like i just need you to sing but you won't stop doing all this fucked up i want to not hate you and the fact that that has extended to the Sims of all places is actually rather amusing. But we do have a kink of the week. We do. Which I could also tell a Sims story about, but let us get to it first. Our kink of the week is agrexophilia. And that is the fetish where you get sexual arousal from the knowledge that other people may become aware of the sex you're having. Uh, for example, being overheard or seen or leaving evidence of, it could be uh, as mild as being excited from knowing others are aware of your sexual activities, or uh, it could balloon into something that is, you know, full blown, you need to be witnessed. Uh, but the witnessing is what is your turn on. So it's a little bit different than... Uh, when you just want to have public sex where it's uh, it's not just the fact that the sex is public but usually that the sex in public that you're having is disruptive to other people this is you like the fact that somebody will potentially find out or will find evidence or hear that you're having sex or doing something sexual I mean that makes sense I, I, I've uh, I've definitely I've slept with people who get a kick out of that a little bit of you know the fact that people might be in the next room or in the next bed or something like that uh, I kind of wish I could tap into this because I usually just don't care and if I had that level of awareness where uh, it was like ooh this is something but usually it's like if I'm having sex in, in a place where actually it's not that I don't have awareness. It's just that, uh, co like cohabitation with other people in college where you're having the most sex you're ever going to have. Um, you just become numb to it. Like people are going to hear you. You're going to hear other people and you just like go about your day. So I guess because I dormed that this could have been a thing, maybe it was at one point, uh, but I never really got to enjoy it because it just became so run of the mill that like, yes, everybody's going to know that I'm screwing because everybody's screwing and we all know that everybody's screwing and 
we just politely ignore. So I guess polite society killed this fetish for me. Maybe, maybe it's something that was brewing, but I never got to, uh, you know, feed it, foster it, and let it grow. Which is good because I feel like um, that could just lead to arrest. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, it it. it it might be connected to the, you know, we were talking about it last week that you just, the taboo, taboo stuff doesn't get you going like it does yeah. other people. There, there definitely is some taboo seasoning if you're getting off on the, the sound of well, someone else potentially. I particularly the taboo of it. I think it's really just um, more of an exhibition thing. Right. Which isn't intrinsically tied to taboo it can be i don't i definitely right. won't deny that it can be but i don't think it always has to be right. um i think this is just really about um feeling invigorated that somebody knows that you're having sex not that i think everybody who has this particular fetish thinks sex is like this rarity and they're shocking the norms by having it uh i just think they just like fixate on it because uh, I like it. It's like I'm I'm getting pleasured. I had a good time, and everybody knows it, or somebody knows it. Right. So it definitely can have that naughty um, taboo rush thing to it, but mm. uh, it feels like it could be a little more nuanced hmm. because you could. Uh, consensually have people witness you um i think you know there's a sm a smidgen of this in why i was successful as a cam model because right. i don't mind um not so much being watched but uh i don't mind being seen i guess hmm. but I don't think that is what I derive sexual pleasure from, right. nor is it extra arousing that it is seen. Like, hmm. I also feel like it's one of those situational things. So it's not just a blanket fetish. Like, this is something that will get me off no matter what. Right. Because, you know, swing party, sure office party no i would not like that at all <laughs> so. hmm you're right i have not given it a lot of thought it's funny yeah. because in new york you hear so many people fucking yeah i think that might be it too i'm in a very crowded state um where people are on top of each other like i i remember the first time somebody had sex on the subway in the same car as me and well it's not that i remember the first time i remember the first time that i didn't care because it happened so much and it was mostly just like well i'm just gonna move because i don't want you know fluids <laughs> right Uh, but again, I, I think what is very interesting about this fetish is um, like people drop hints 
So it could be something like, oh, I have a condom in my purse because I have sex, which I think is like kind of lame. But, uh, you know, if, if, if that gets them off it, or gives them a little thrill, it'll work because it's just like people knowing you're a sexual being. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting. I could definitely see how uh, our society makes it uh, makes certain people especially certain bodies certain uh age categories i could see how you might develop this just because it seems like such an act of rebellion being a sexual person because you know society says this is a real person this is a person that has sex uh but you're like ooh, i too am enjoying my body so which i don't think is a taboo thing i just think it's there are so wow. many levels to it. I kind of wanna, <laughs> I kind of wanna, I kind of wanna hear what other people think about it because I realize there are four, five, six, seven different reasons why this uh, can be a thing that you enjoy, and they're all valid. I find it interesting. Yeah, I, I know we always ask people to like send stuff in, but y'all are shy because I got like one sexual New Year's resolution. Just one. Just I mean, one. I mean, that's fine. I mean, we're working well, on... Well, technically two. Right. But one person was like, their sexual New Year's resolution is to have sex. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, sure. And then one person had like, you know, kind of good one. But it seemed very specific and personal, so I won't share it. But uh, yeah, I got one. Which you guys could still keep those coming. You know, January's not over. But I would love to hear from people who think that they are or know that they are agoraphiliacs because uh, it seems like just circumstances made it so I just don't care. But I feel like this could have been a fetish I genuinely had because when I think of everything surrounding it, I feel like I have all the all the pieces, Mm -hmm. but like. The puzzle like was maybe made and then disassembled and now it's in a box and it's in the boxes in the closet and I don't really open that closet anymore. <laughs> so like I felt like it, this could have been my fetish. Like if 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 I I don't know, if a meteor hits and I get like slipped into the next dimension, like that Najela, that was her fetish. <laughs> <laughs> Like, cause it, it, it would be like one little thing that differentiates us, and like that could be it. So I feel like I'm just so close. <laughs> have Have you had a relationship where people like this was their thing, and did it like make it a little difficult? Um, I think I've known people who enjoy it, but I I, I have known people who enjoyed it, but they haven't focused on it. The, one of the things I'm thinking about is the fact that. I've definitely, uh, I like, I, it sounds terrible, but I like hearing other people have sex, but I've never thought about it. I've, I've never given my own, the sounds of my own sex, any thought outside of, oh, the neighbors are going to hear this. This is going to be pretty funny when I go back outside for sandwiches. But <laughs> I've never thought that I'm getting, that it never thought it was arousing. But also because I'm in New York, everyone's on top of everyone. So there's, I think if there were less people around, then I would, then I would be a little more open-minded to say, um, maybe teasing the old woman that lives next door across the driveway, 
But if someone hears me having sex, it's like 17 people and four children. And it's just so many targets and so many people that I just don't know if I want all those people in my business. So it affects how I actually view the the entire idea. So it's a, it's a, it's one of those things where, as a New Yorker, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, a New Yorker has skewed my ability to have yeah. and process that that finish. I kind of always forget while I'm having sex that like my neighbors could potentially hear me. It's not until like I kind of hear my neighbors. So I'm like, wait, if I could hear them, do they hear me? And usually I'm just like, oh, it's not like a ooh feeling. It's more, it's just more cringe. <laughs> like, like most of my experience in life. Right. But I've had like relationships with people who this, they were really big into to that, um, or at least exhibitionists. Mm-hmm. And it was a problem because I was like, no, I'm not in the mood. I do not want to do this. Stop. And uh, I also really hated when people kind of made a show of it. Like, I'm going to fuck that girl right there. But look, like that made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, It's just because I I always saw it as like some like Cro-Magnon male, like I am claiming you kind of thing. And that was such right. a turn off to me. That's what I mean. There's so many different reasons for it that it's an interesting discussion because it can go south and it can go north and east and west. Yeah. Like it, I haven't really run into somebody who had a kind of fetish like this that made it work sexually for me. Hmm. Like, I mean, I get like, I will blush holding hands in public, but like, I also know what it's like to, you know, blow somebody in a car with a driver and like try to not think about the driver. But it was just kind of like they're into it. I'm not into it. I would rather not be blowing them with a audience member, especially because I always felt like that driver doesn't want to see this or hear this. I mean, he's not seeing it, but he's hearing it. I just feel like they need to consent to that. That that was my one thing about this. I think because I'm very concerned with consent, I feel like if it is a a sexual thrill that you're getting, you kind of need to have the consent of other parties. So this whole somebody might hear, like I would hope that it's in an environment where everybody is consenting to hearing or it's not, you know, disruptive, I guess, in a way that's jarring and uncomfortable for another person. Right. Like, I definitely wouldn't want to um, be at, like, the office and try to take the elevator with somebody. And then, you know, she, like, readjusts her body weight, like a condom falls out of her or something like that. That would be uncomfortable. Uh but I guess if she had this fetish that would rock her world because I would definitely know that she had sex. But uh, I think it would make office breakfasts a little awkward. <laughs> a little bit. So I guess it depends on who, the who would that would know. Like, obviously, I, don't, I wouldn't be keen on my parents knowing. 
or something like that. I mean, the receiving party, I guess, or the passive party is very important to me in this scenario. Like they need to be totally okay with it. And I don't know a way to set that up so that would happen. Because I feel like spontaneity is a part of this or could be a part of that. And if that's the case, then uh, I'm not sure how you would suss out like consent and boundaries and stuff like that. Because I, I think people who have sex on like public transportation and stuff like that are assholes. Because um, you can't just be leaving your fluids around willy nilly. It's mm-hmm. rude. Mm-hmm. So. Like, I also kind of think like there are, to bring it back to the concert, um, uh, I I was really uncomfortable with like some of the couples that were doing like heavy PDA because there were so many kids. Uh, so I just felt like oh, this is a mixed crowd. It's not the place, not the time, but like they didn't care. They're going for it. And it was just gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I also think that reaction makes me not want to do it because I'm thinking that somebody's thinking that about me. They're just like, ugh, gross. Like, I mean, they might be. That's that. They, they definitely, definitely might be. I mean, I think like nine times out of ten, people are like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think most people just don't care and don't want to be bothered and have their whole deal going on, and like they could care less about your butthole hijinks. Like, it's just not something they want to deal with at the time. So I just feel like we should keep things to ourselves. But I also know I just, you know, I just want to do no harm, even if that means making sure only the people who want to know that I'm fucking know that I'm fucking. There you go. All right. So what else is there? Oh, do you want to actually go to a news story? There I mean, was we, a lot. I mean, we could pick we could pick one and knock it out. Oh, we only have one. That's so much. Oh, okay, okay. Uh this is so hard. Everything is hard. Uh oh, okay. So uh the consumer electronics show revoked an award. From a female-funded and run sex tech company. Um, why? Well, uh, despite the fact that they have VR porn and Oh My Bod and all kinds of stuff that have won awards and are exhibiting, they decided that this particular product, which uh, is very much centered on female orgasm and pleasure and is developed with a university uh it's called the use uh and it is a robotic device (laughs) so it was designed in partnership with oregon state university uh its founder uh and ceo of the company is laura de carlo and they have uh uh, eight patents for micro robotics, soft robotics, mechanical engineering for biometric functions, and advanced material science. So there's some serious tech going on uh, in this sploosh device. But uh, what makes this sploosh device uh, apparently not up to the standards of uh, CSE is that it's run and founded by a woman. 
and that is scary and and you know wait that's that's the only reason lady. why they that's um, the only reason why they revoked it that, well because uh you know like i said um this won a innovation award and uh they're basically saying that um vila which is the product that usa uh, submitted doesn't fit into any of our existing product categories and should not have been accepted for the program. Okay, okay yes. That's from the CTA Senior Management uh, of Event Communications, Sarah Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, uh, they have microrobotics, they have biometrics. Oh my God, um, won the same award last year uh, for a device that helps. Uh, strengthen your pelvic floor for the sake of sexual health. Right. Uh, and it just seems like the difference is who is running the company, this woman. And in, uh, since like 2015, they've had uh, virtual sex. Uh, they've had, uh, uh, like I said before, Oh My Bod and Be Sensory won digital health and fitness products uh, awards. And this is the same show, uh, I believe, where they had like the Samantha robot and she was getting manhandled and uh, but she was debuted in, at the show. And it just seems very fishy to me mm-hmm. that suddenly the show has an issue with sex when a woman CEO mm. is the person accepting the award for it. You're right. Timely. I mean, you know, I'm not above it. Tech is terribly um, racist and sexist. Terribly, yeah. terribly, terribly so. So it could make sense that a woman-run company about a, about a product uh, oh. focused on women's pleasure would just infuriate men a hand-free device which i don't think dudes realize how many women want uh, a a device that's going to deliver a great orgasm and be hands-free it's like the shangri-la of fuck technology so it's a hands-free device it uses biomimicry and robotics for uh g-spot and clitoral orgasms I just think, like, give this woman all of the awards. Like, don't revoke any of them. Give her an Oscar. Give her a Grammy. Like, yay. But apparently, the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, uh, they they keep a stiff upper lip and don't like any type of wanton sexual energy from the women folk. Right. That's not our thing. Yes. I mean, you can have all this this hetero porn on your virtual devices that you get to stick your dick in. That's fine. But the technological robotic wonder that gives you orgasms, if you have a vagina, get that shit out of my face. Like, they don't care about female sexuality. I want to replace with robots. (laughs) So they all want their uh, orgasming, sweating Samantha the robot. So. Right. Which was on the floor of uh, the Which, Consumer Electronics Show. It's, so. in, it's insidious because 
if they don't care, if they can replace women, then just let women cook. Like if you if you if you find women so deplorable and necessary and replaceable, then why can't you just let women do their own thing? Leave them alone. Then. Well, they're completely fine with women doing their own thing. They just don't want to give them awards for it. Mm. So they like, want to do. Dare they? So they want them to have as limited exposure as humanly possible for their yeah. for the things they are for the for whatever independence they have it's like you can do your own thing but no one will ever ever hear about it because in, in top oh, it's level not awards, so much exposure it's just like we don't see your contributions as equal to our own despite the fact that you're going through the same channels working with the same type of environment you know they have a university research university backing up their product just like all the other products on the floor but somehow there's something that disqualifies them so all right i kind of feel like this is like there is a moment when i just stop giving a shit about e3 and there is a moment where i just stop giving a shit about like a lot of these like big tech events right and I think this is the moment I stopped giving a shit about the Consumer Electronics Show. Because the only other thing that came out of it was like, LG made a big TV, which is like, that's what they do every year. Their thing. So, I'm done. I'm done with the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, if You can't say that you're trying to pioneer innovation if you only want innovation by one part of the population. You're right full of shit you are absolutely full of shit so i guess that was our that was our one story uh to we we brought you up but we brought you down and reminded you about brendan yuri's just hastily composed body but uh i really have to stop body shaming that man (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed our little program and I implore you to share, to, uh, you know, like it or I guess star it or heart it, whatever you do on the platform that you listen to. Rate and subscribe. Yeah, rate and subscribe and uh, share so uh, we could build and I could do stuff and then make that sweet, sweet content that you can then consume. And then I could be a celebrity that you don't want to make eye contact with. (laughs) Which you shouldn't. Like, I'm very problematic. Don't pay attention to me. I say awful things. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, you listen to it a whole hour of me saying awful things. So you're used to it. (laughs) So thank you. Good night. And I will see you next Tuesday. Enjoy what you heard? Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash unfridays and follow the network at twitter.com slash unfridays. You know what makes racists really mad? Black people having a good time. And we really 
have a good time making these podcasts. So if you donate, then it's technically the same thing as funding the unhappiness of racists everywhere. Awesome, right? You know what to do.